Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all that other stuff. Because it's a fucking pandemic. That's right. And we got one. Oh yeah, we do. Well, we we, we have something. We always had something. Well, <laughs> I was okay. going to say. In relation to the COVID, we've got a isolation happening in our house. We finally have been affected by the COVID. Well, I had to get a test, but, but this is different. Yeah. We, we didn't have the same CDC guidelines. They were still working on a lot of stuff. They in, were. In March. Yes. So, so yeah, we have um, a kid and he went to school for like an hour and a half the other day. He usually goes to school for about seven hours in a day. Something like that. And the school was calling me and I thought, now what? You know. Because this is usually, they they call about a problem. Right. But this time it wasn't caused by our kid. And the principal pointed out, he he knows that our boy has been doing really well and and we're really glad about that. And he's really sorry to let us know that there was someone in our boy's class that had a positive COVID test. And so the boy had to be picked up. And this is kind of a bummer because the class that he's in, the special ed class for behavioral special ed has been doing so well Mm -hmm. that he has actually gotten to go out and do some mainstream inclusion classes. Mm -hmm. And of course, the minute he gets around other kids, one of them has the COVID. Yep. So he's in his room and and I put the baby gate there so he won't forget not to come any farther than past his bathroom. Yes. And it it feels funny to put our 13-year-old behind the baby gate, but he could step over it. It's just a reminder that he needs to not come down the hall. I did tell him that. It's a reminder. Because he would forget. He totally would. Over and over. He, he, he would kid. forget and then he would forget. Absolutely. As teenagers do too. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. So now, he, right now he's okay with it because it's only been a couple days. Well, and not only that, but the first day he came home and he was too late to get his distance learning in for the day. And so he basically got to play video games. And then today is Veterans Day, so there's no school and he got to play video games. He didn't get to play video games until after school hours. Oh, good job, Dad. Yeah, thank you. He did go on YouTube, but I gave him assignments. Mm. He said, watch something about your cousin's National Guard training and tell me about that. He showed me all the videos he watched. So I gave him things to look up. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So the first couple days, he's been pretty self-contained and getting to do the thing that he never gets to do for, like today he got to play 11 hours of video games. Insane. He got up too early for that. But, you know, it was a day off. There was no school. You know, he's stuck in there. He is stuck in there. And that's one of the things. Like, it was funny to see... In February and March, they had uh, articles from like the CDC and the WHO and the DSM had recently categorized video games as a specific addiction, like before it had just been under addictive whatever. Behaviors probably. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, you would know, I don't. But recently the DSM has classified video games as a specific type of addiction, like they gave it its own number. Which many of us already knew, I mean, and 
it's, you know, that's not here or there, but they were putting out articles right up until February about how to how to deal with and how to treat video game addiction. And then come the end of March, and they're saying video games are a good way to deal with all your isolation. What, what else are you going to do? Right? Now they're saying 11 hours of video games is a good way to deal with. They're not specifying how much time, but no. But they are indicating you probably can't do the best because you can't do the best at anything right now. Yes. The only best you can do is not go too crazy. There you go. So he was he was really looking forward to video games today. I will let him know for the weekend that, that we're not going to keep doing it that way. But I was going to go ahead today because... He did everything I asked right away, and uh, if he knows that we're not going to turn any games on until after a certain time on the weekend, he'll sleep in. He will. Uh-huh. And not only that, but come the weekend, he will have been in his room for, what, four days? Well, we have to go for the COVID test on Friday. On Friday, he so, will have to put a mask on to leave his room and walk through the house. I think that that will make the weekend harder having left the room. You think so? I do. I think that by that point, he will want to get out of his room more. I think that by that point, like we said, this was probably going to happen. He will be willing to put on that mask and come down and do his laundry just to get out of his space, just to have some variety of scenery and something different to do. Well, and I did offer him that choice. You can put your mask on and do your own laundry, or you can put it all in the basket and I will take it down. And I was okay with that because I want him to get the point about the reason for the isolation. Because you really have to drive a point home when it comes to this with, the, you know, this child. Right. So um, I really wanted it to be clear to him. Uh, there weren't a lot of choices here. The doctor said, follow the CDC guidelines, and we were doing what the doctor said. Yes. So yeah. the, the doctor did order him a COVID test, mm-hmm. which I can do through the hospital, but then I have to drive there. It's not close. And the other choice is possibly through the county, which I'm going to look at that choice again tomorrow because it's closer to us to go to that building, you know, for me to go to that building from here than it is to go all the way to the hospital. It would probably be a good idea to do them both on different days. Like if he gets one of those tests on Friday, four and a half days after his last exposure. Mm-hmm. And then he could get another one middle of next week because he's supposed to be in quarantine for two weeks mm-hmm. and have a negative test and no symptoms. But yep. if, you know, it takes a while for those symptoms to show up and having two different types of tests. I don't know if the the county service and the hospital service are using the same kinds of tests. I didn't think of that. So maybe I will do it your way. I don't think it would hurt because it's hard to say. I did call the school and say, can you tell me exactly when he was exposed? Because the doctor wants to test four days post exposure. Mm-hmm. And they said that day. And I thought, an hour and a half of school, I will be shocked if this is not a negative test, but I would think that he's been around that kid before that. Yeah. But we, you know, it could be wrong because of the way they they have the school set up Mm -hmm. and they keep them away from each other and they have to wear their mask and so on and so forth. Yeah, you never know. So I think this, we're seeing it more Mm -hmm. overall. We knew that numbers would go up in the fall and they are doing so. Right. So he has two options for tests. I think, I think getting them both is probably the better, better bet and staggering them, but. Yeah. 
Even if I did one on Friday and one on Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. That's probably what I was thinking, Monday or Tuesday. Probably Tuesday. But like I said, by that point, he'll be so tired of staying in his own room all the time. He'll be happy to put on a mask and come do his laundry or put on a mask and come get his food or... You said that his room should have ventilation, so we should probably be cracking his window during the day while his door is closed. While uh, while it's warm enough out, yeah. Like the very middle of the day, mm-hmm. just a tiny bit because otherwise it will get very cold. Between noon and four or five. Yeah, something like that. One of us has to go in and put on a mask can, to do that. I can do it. Okay. I'll, I should. There should only be one of us going in and out of there, and I can do that. Okay. And after all of this, he's probably still going to be negative because the school is very conscientious. Yeah, they sent everybody who had been in the tiny little class away, including the teacher, which means to me that even if his test is negative, and he has two negative tests, unless a teacher is having a negative test, there will be no teacher to take him. It's hard to find teachers for behavioral curriculum classes. His teacher likes it. His teacher does, and the good ones do. Yeah, you have to like your job when you have a job that's hard. I mean, people say that about a lot of jobs. Right. They say, I wouldn't want to do that. Well, that's the thing. He has, this teacher has a job that a lot of people say, I wouldn't want to do that. And understandably so, because it really does take a special kind of person to want to do that. And he's got a really good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if the teacher's not there, not any old sub can do that job. No, and finding a sub during COVID is a whole nother mm-hmm. situation. So, Well, it's almost as fun as finding people to count votes during COVID. Yes, Um, I think that there was a fair amount of people counting votes across the nation, Mm -hmm. as far as I could see in the news. Yes. Um, considering Mm -hmm. that there was a lot of them to count with mail-in ballots everywhere. Correct. And you got to do that, too. I did. I would usually be at a polling place, and I had decided earlier in the year that it might be hard for them to find folks to, um, to do that work during COVID. And I th- I thought, well, we've got to have it done. So I'm going to do it because otherwise I'll regret that I didn't, you know, I don't want to regret that. Mm-hmm. And I spent 10, 11 hours processing mail ballots. Preparing them for machine counting. Yes. So I was one portion of that processing and there was a small group of us because mm-hmm. we're a tiny place. And you, you had to be spaced out, and you had uh, plexiglass barriers, and I was able to watch you with your plexiglass barriers. Yes, because we had a little. Because a lot of these TV. places have little they have videos. To. Yeah, they have to have live stream. If they can't, if it's too small for them to have uh, monitors in, then they have to have video monitoring. We had monitors that were over in the telephone area, but. The telephone area is even tinier. I mean, it's just a tiny place. So that's all of us they could fit in there. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so I didn't even process that many ballots, like maybe a thousand. In, in your 10 hours. In my, and I was doing one portion mm-hmm. of that. You know, I was, there was a, a scanning and other stuff, uh, signature checking that had to happen before I got the, you know, ballots. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I did that for a long time. And uh, had a, su- a surprising effect. Yes. I uh, did not know that you could get a blister on your elbow. But apparently now you had one because that was where you were leaning and moving and it was rubbing against the table as you were processing these ballots. Yes. Well, and I also had a fan behind me, which was circulation for the room because they weren't used to having that many people in there. And they had as many as they could have 
with social distancing. Mm -hmm. But they needed that. And most people wouldn't want to sit by the fan, but I'm I'm good with the circulation. You're the overheated guy. Hey, and I'm in front of the fan. Everybody else is the ones after me. So So there you go. But uh, that also meant that I probably used my elbow to hold down papers a lot too. Oh, true. Yeah, because you had a a sequence that you were doing things in a very cumbersome process and um, very precise. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, most states wanted to be very precise and careful so that they could get it right the first time. And, um, I mean, that's why in a lot of these lawsuits that the losing side is bringing, they're trying to say things were wrong, and then they ask for evidence. Judges are like, okay, how did they go wrong? Show me. And they're like, um, they went wrong. Yeah, they didn't for the most part. And any part that could have gone wrong is such a small amount that it would make no difference. But but that's my opinion, having worked there and seeing some of the setups on TV that other places had. Um, you guys had kind of a uh, almost... Um, assembly line, or in this case, it would be a disassembly line. Yes. (laughs) Because, you know, people do have to sign to get their stuff in, like they have to check it against the voter registration and see that the signatures match that this is a person who is legally registered to vote. Mm -hmm. They don't just take mail ballots from anybody. No, they don't, which Child Zero proved. And we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But they have to sign on a separate sheet of paper because once you get to the ballot, that's supposed to be a secret ballot. You know, you're not supposed to have your signature right next to your selections. Yes. And so the the envelope signature number and the ballot number would have the same number so that they could be matched if they needed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, if they had to go dig that one out again, they could match it to its envelope. If someone tried to contest their vote, they could go and say, no, I have yours. I had to put them in the right order Mm -hmm. in the box separate from the ballots. Right. Yeah, you can only sign in one place, and you can't sign on your ballot in our in most states and in our state. Yeah, they don't want any identifying marks on it so that it is a secret ballot. There are laws in many states to prevent vote buying. So we had to check those ballots as we were going through to make sure there were no signatures. But you know what you can write on your ballot? Fuck. You can write profanity because the people sitting by me, one of them had been there all week. You know, they usually work there. And one of them was also a volunteer, Mm -hmm. like myself. And the volunteer said, this ballot has writing on it. And the other person sitting on the other side of the plexiglass said, that's profanity. Only signatures are challenged, not profanity. So you can write all the unpleasant things you like about the other guy on your ballot and it won't be challenged because it's not... It's not a signature. It's not anything that will identify you as being part of your ballot. And it doesn't affect the scanning. Right. And this is another reason that some states have laws that don't let you take like selfies with your ballot. Because at one time you could sell your vote or your employment could be contingent on your vote or... It's all protections. It is. These are so many, so many weird little archaic rules about how to make sure that your vote is really your vote and is really safe Mm -hmm. and is really a registered person Mm -hmm. and that only legal votes are counted. Yeah. And they had, when we processed them and then brought them to the room where they were then going to scan that, that was a separate room, like caged, like you, you know, it gets locked. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, only you could only go in there and bring the tray in and put it in a certain place and go right out. 
mm-hmm. that those folks would scan the the ballots and they would also any ballots that were a problem in the scanner they had to deal with those separately and i i saw that they were dealing with them on screens and having to print some things and you know other stuff that i wasn't exactly aware how it all came together because there was no time for explanations there were a lot of ballots to count but they had people actually checking for our local version of hanging chads basically yeah if you were supposed to fill in a dot and you checked it or something yeah and then maybe you crossed it off and and what i did find out from the person who had been working there is that if they crossed it off as instructed, it went through the scanner correctly. You could say, I'm voting for this city council member, and then change your mind and vote for the other one. And there was a way to cross it off on the ballot and fill in the other bubble that the machine would read correctly. Yes. That's kind of great. Isn't it? So again, they're checking like signatures and all this other stuff. And we have a voter in our house who changed their name recently and hadn't settled into their signature when they registered to vote. Child Zero is not used to signing their name. They've only had that name for a couple of years. Yes. And I pointed that out to them. They were not surprised. I I was worried about mine when I sent it in because I thought, God knows how long ago I registered to vote. And if my signature looks anything like that, and what will happen? Well, now we know what will happen. The county sent somebody to our house yes. to find the person in, in the person's, you know, whose signature yes. it was supposed to be. And so they come get you if it doesn't match. And they say, is this really yours? And you can show like photo ID that says, yes, this is my name and my address and my person. And then you look at the ballot and say, yes, that one was my ballot. There was an option to send a copy of your ID with your ballot in case there was a question about your signature. Mm-hmm. I had already closed mine and signed mine when I thought about that. But when we were processing ballots, if somebody had put a copy of their ID in, it had to go in a certain box for shredding. So we had to get those out of there. And you can tell there's nothing left in there because these envelopes have a hole. And if the hole is not empty, there's something in there. Yes. Mm-hmm. So all these little things that are double-checked and triple-checked and our number zero child who had recently changed their signature had to go back and double and triple-check, but they still got it managed. Mm -hmm. They did. So they they did have the county come and then a couple of other, you know, voting-type organizations came by to double-check that they had gotten that managed. Mm -hmm. So that, that was very interesting. Yeah, it was. You Of course, I wasn't here. You were here. Yes. I was busy getting a blister on my elbow. (laughs) Well, eventually, after two or three days of this, because you have so many days to to get it fixed before they have to certify the results, and you have to have it fixed a certain number of days before they certify the results, which hasn't happened yet in our state. And I don't think it's happened in any states yet. But the, the deadline to get that fixed, there was a couple days. Mm-hmm. And so there was somebody at our door every single day. And eventually, I did you see it on I my... I saw you put a note <laughs> on the door saying... That their ballot has been remediated. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Please We're stop. All good. Thank you. Bye. Yeah, because uh, Bob was getting very mad about this. Bob was getting mad about it. He gets mad about everything. And it's coming into the season where we're going to have more deliveries at the door all the time. Oh, he was so mad. And I was on the phone for work and he was barking, barking, barking. Finally, I had to put the person on hold and go down and get the package from the FedEx guy. 
because, you know. Yeah. Bob wasn't stopping. Bob was not stopping, and the guy needed a signature because what was being delivered is not cheap. Right. So. And I think the guy wanted to not have to deal with it again, so he was ringing, ringing, and knocking, knocking. Well, and the thing was, I saw it on the camera that he had already put a... I, it looked like he was putting something on the door, although he might have been lifting no, up that note. No, he put a sticker on the door and started walking away just as I was opening it. Okay. Yeah, and he was kind of like, damn it. And I opened the door and he was like, oh. <laughs> looking at me like, what the hell took you so long? I'm working. I have a thing in my ear and I'm, you know, trying, trying to talk to, to somebody. Do yeah. telehealth therapy Yeah. while there's a dog screaming at me. Yes, yes. <laughs> and the people I was talking to were like, I don't think he's going to stop. Maybe you should check. <laughs> okay. If that's what you'd like me to do, I will. Okay. <sighs> you can mute people while you're dealing with the dog. Yes. And deliveries. Yep. So now we're hoping that our boy doesn't have the COVID. Mm-hmm. And for the next few days, he gets to do online learning, which didn't work so well at the end of last year. It didn't- doesn't doesn't work well for him. He's... He's an in-person deal, and that's why he goes to school every day, because he has that option as a, you know, specialized learning classroom As a, as a student with an IEP, yeah. yeah. He gets, and 90% of his day is in person with his teacher and one other student. Yeah. One to two other people. Unless he levels up, which he did, and then... And then he gets to go to then, a regular ed classroom for one period most days. Yep. And now we have the need for a COVID test. But he's leveling up, though. I mean, that's it's great that he's, like, making progress because at this point last year, his honeymoon period had run out and he was cussing out people and banging on windows and we were discussing he changing was, his placement. He was still doing that on half of the dose of the new meds that he's on. Mm-hmm. And he seems to be settling into the added dose. Mm-hmm. Um and he doesn't have an appointment till next month, so... But the new meds seem to be helping. They seem to be helping. He doesn't seem quite so aggravated all the time. Like, the do- I remember the doctor asking him when we were first interviewed with her, and she asked about his usual overall mood, and he's like, aggravated. And I said, I can vouch for that. Yes. <laughs> and, and it's, it's a terrible he's, thing. He's aware of it and able to advocate for himself in that way. And school is teaching him better ways to self-advocate. But, but he wasn't absorbing them. Right. Because he, he's so aggravated, he couldn't even get there. But now he can, and that program is really doing him good, it looks yeah. like. Yeah, and the teacher saw the end of the honeymoon, and I think he knew it was coming. But at that point, I think he was like, oh, I see why you're in my class. Yes. Because when you're just one-on-one with mm-hmm. him, he's, he's pretty easy. He has all your attention. Which is what he wants all the time. And that works well for him. So along yeah. they go. And um, if there's, you know, teacher and one kid, then there's all the teacher's attention and some, a small audience. So. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He likes that. Yeah. And, uh, and then when he did finally have a meltdown... He had a place to be, like he wasn't just ending up in the office, ending up and in the office and escalating. Yes, with the principals, and be- because he had developed a, a good relationship with the new teacher, and so he could be removed with the new teacher and calm down. And I did have to pick him up probably twice that week for behaviors. Yeah, the teacher calling me towards the end of the day and saying he doesn't think he can ride the bus. Can you pick him up? Oh, that's right. Yeah, and I was like. Okay, 
I can do that. Because I'm the parent and I have to. Yep. And at that point, if it's going to, if he is self-aware enough to know that the bus is going to be a problematic environment for him, then I think it's good for you to support him in that. You did good. Yeah. And transitions are are hard when he's in that state. And he's watching for anything that he might perceive as against him. And he finds something. He will find anything. It's it's the old saying, if you look for the devil everywhere, you can find him anywhere. Yep, that's it. Followed by, if the only tool you have is a hammer, every problem looks like something that needs to get beat on. Yeah, that too. All the proverbs. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I did tell you that when I was coming out of his school one day, I had the shirt on with the picture of a hammer that says, this is not a drill. Uh-huh. And that there was a teacher going in and she really liked that. That's totally great. Yeah. That's a thing that teachers would like, especially yeah. middle school teachers. Yeah. yeah. I loved teaching middle school. I hated parents. I hated the politics, <laughs> but I loved my students. I yeah. really, really did. Yeah. She liked that. That's good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So is there anything gendery? There was a neckbeard in a fedora counting ballots with you that day. Did you notice it all? He was wearing a suit and everything else. Yeah, he was closer to the camera. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he was a character. I've seen a lot of short guys lately, and I always look at them like, what kind of short guy are you? You noticed one at the gym that you told me about the other day that you thought... Yeah, it was a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. It's the other day. Yeah, because... <laughs> The body shape was more similar to mine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as far as like proportionally with hips and legs and so forth. Mm-hmm. Although my legs are squarer than that. So, well, you've also been on tea for seven years. Yes, and I don't know how long these other people are doing their things. Or if they are at all. Yeah, I don't. I wish I did. It's one of those situations where, like, if I'm wearing a rainbow or a trans flag or a non-binary hair bow or something out and about, there will always be someone who will smile at me. And then I look at them and I can clock them because they've already, like, intentionally gotten my attention. I need, like, a sticker for a water bottle or something. You do? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. That would work. It would. Yeah, I'd have to have a, a good water bottle and then not lose it. Not not let it. not let kids lose it. Oh, I I manage to keep things away from kids. I have my methods. Good. Most of the time. So now I know what I'm putting in your stocking. Maybe big old trans water bottle. A, a sticker or a water bottle or something. Or something. Yeah, yeah, that would be helpful because I would recognize that if I saw it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Good job. Thank you. Anything else? Um, no, I was just thinking um, that would give the person an opportunity to say something or, you know, make a gesture or something that was friendly. Yes. The nod. Yeah. I don't know what I'd say if I saw somebody. I, I always go back to, to the transponder. No, not transponder. What was it? Um, transition transmission. They, they had come up with the, something about a gazebo and instead of a transgender umbrella, it was the transgender gazebo. Right. And I always think of that, but I have no clue how many other people actually listen to podcasts and how many of them were actually listening to podcasts five years ago. Right. Right. So. Yeah, I can see how that could be make a bigger mystery than anything else. Right. <laughs> Maybe they wouldn't talk to you again. <laughs> Let's not. Yeah. So, is that it then? I think that's it. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com 
or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! Do we have some notes? Yes. Okay. I'm trying to get it so that it's not rebounding directly back off the window. Okay. There we go. Is that good? I think so. Okay. Because usually I'd be facing this way if I was... You'd be facing this way. Well, I can face that way somewhere. There we go. Yeah, that's not a problem. Then can you get closer? I don't know about that. (laughs) That's why we always turn it that way. I don't want to. I know. Is that good? I think so. Okay. It appears to be working now. Good. Are we ready? I don't know. Do we have notes? It has notes. It looks like paper. There's three things written on there. That's what we got, huh? We got three things. Okay. We might not get to all of them, in fact. Okay. See what I know? If I look at the paper, I see it. (laughs) Ready. Okay. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. run down there. I might. Yeah, it might be faster. Mm-hmm. Do you know which one of them it is? It's probably our squirrel next door. Okay. Yeah. They, they'll just have to crack the window open an inch or just leave it get foggy. Was I right? Mm-hmm. The good news is they were putting on the fan because they were pooping. Okay, well. Which I wish we could get zero to do. Zero. Put on the fan? Sometimes they do. Sometimes. Yeah, well. Anyway, so.